Hopefully people showed up today. All right. A couple people showed up today. Hopefully they don't figure out that I've preached some of this before. I mean, it's probably five, six years ago, but man, it's kind of seems like it's the same verses and the same things over and over and over. And I've wore this outfit, I'm pretty sure, four weeks ago. Somebody's going to figure it out. I didn't have enough time to study this week. I got busy. I needed to be several places and couldn't be everywhere. And I know I'm not ready. I know I'm not prepared. I wish I would have had one more day to really think this one through. And I can't even figure this stuff out. I still deal with this. I struggle with this. Here I am trying to tell people and help people with things that I'm still fighting in my own head. I don't think any of this even matters. I don't, I mean, I'm pretty sure people just come because it's on the beach and the music's good. And I don't know if any of it lands anyways, either week. Here we go. God, give me your strength. Good morning. <laughs> you glad you came to church today? <laughs> Anybody else have dialogue like that in your minds every now and then? Am I the only one? It's really what I want to talk about today and for the next couple of weeks is the conversations in our heads, our mindset. Because if you're like me, I'll walk in faith for days and weeks, and sometimes I can make it a month or two, and then I hit a minefield of doubt and unbelief and just fear. I try to stay in faith, but fear hits. It's a dream. It's a thought. It's a whatever. It can be a million things. And I'll walk in what I feel like a sense of calling for a long time. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And then struggle severely with insecurity and self-doubt. And this can't be God's will. This can't be what God's called me to do. This can't be where I'm supposed to be right now. It doesn't feel like. This is where I'm supposed to be, purpose, and, or I'll be doing well and staying in the Word and, and, and feel like I, you know, God is with me and He's right there on my shoulder and always talking to me and I can hear clearly and then just go through weeks, like David said, through the valley of the shadow of death. I feel like I can't hear God at all, can't hear anything. And if, if you've ever felt like that or you've ever been through seasons like that, I want you to know this morning that you're not alone. That every person that I've ever talked with that will be honest with me has walked through seasons like this and, and have, has struggled with uh, thoughts, minefields in our minds where we're doing good for a while and even a full day or even a full week and, and then all of a sudden it's like we're walking through enemy territory and there's just things coming out of nowhere, you know, thoughts and ideas and, and stuff that didn't originate with us that just somehow end up in our minds. But there's good news. There's good news. The Bible talks a lot about this. The Bible talks a lot about the renewed mind, the transformed mind. And, and I think one of, the leading, um, one of the leading men who talked about the renewed mind, the transformed mind, transformed mind was a guy named Paul. And I'm going to call him like the ultimate thought warrior, okay? He was the ultimate thought warrior. 
He was able to literally spend weeks and months in prison, but keep his mind free. So he wasn't writing about stuff that he didn't experience. He wasn't writing about struggles that he didn't have in his own life. We know by studying the life of the Apostle Paul that he struggled with thoughts. He struggled with keeping his mind elevated, and and he was able to overcome that. And I want to read this morning just a couple verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Again, this is, this is coming from the ultimate thought warrior, and he gives us some insight. If you've ever walked through a minefield in your mind, these verses are very helpful. And he tells us that though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. Because the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Somebody say divine power. Divine power to demolish strongholds, worthy strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I'm finding the Christian's battle is not out there. The Christian's battle is in here. And that's what Paul is telling us. He says, when you think about this minefield in your mind, and when we think about spiritual warfare, a lot of times we think about the world and what we're seeing and what's going on around us. And Paul's saying, no, the real battle, the real, the real battles in life are fought and won between our ears. That's where the enemy does his best work. That's where the enemy, the way that the term that he uses is a stronghold. I want, to, I want you to think like Fort Pickens. I got a picture. A, a stronghold is anything that exalts itself in our minds, pretending to be bigger or more powerful than God. That's a stronghold. And the thing about the strongholds that Paul's talking about, they're invisible. We're, we're not, you know, we're not. We're not living in these things in the physical world, but he's talking about these invisible strongholds in our minds, these things that we believe about ourselves or about God or about the people around us that have the same capacity to put us in a prison as something built out of brick. And this is the time of year where we write down what are known as what our New Year's resolutions. And, and when I look back at my life and I think about, okay, what are some of the strongholds that I've had in my life? Well, usually some form of it shows up every year on my New Year's resolutions. It's, it's something in my life that I can't stop doing or something in my life that I can't stop thinking or something in my life that I can't, I can't stop believing about myself. And, 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 you know, every habit that we form that's an unhealthy habit usually starts in the mind with, with, with stinking thinking, right? That we, we can't live without it. We got to have this. I got to do this to be accepted. I got to do this to fit in. You know, all, all these things that, that we tell ourselves. And what I want to look at this morning and over the next four weeks or so, as we get our minds right, is that the Bible has a lot to say about this. And I'll never change my life until I change the way that I think, if you're a Christian this morning and you look back, and if you can go back to the time when you gave your life to God and you gave your life to Jesus, what was the first thing that changed? Something happened in your mind. 
your thinking changed. Because before that, you thought everybody at church was, you know, lying hypocrites or, you know, whatever. Like, or they were, I made all these excuses in my mind why I was never going to go back to church. Raised Catholic, got out of church, at, you know, when I was about 10 or 11, and I had good reason to get out of church. Christian leaders let me down, and I thought, well, everybody's probably like these guys. Everybody's like that. And so I just told myself that. And, you know, every, you know, but the thing about it is Walmart's full of hypocrites, so we still go there. You know, you know so, so, so my, my, you know, our changing, our, our, our thinking changes, and, and when our thinking changes, our life changes. And a lot of times during, during this year, we set these New Year's resolutions, and we try to change our life, but we fail to realize that our life is driven by what we think in our minds. That the thoughts I think eventually show up in my life. And as I'm not, I, and I'm, I'm coming to you as a person who's in the fight with this. I can't sit here and tell you that I have conquered this. But sitting down with a counselor and, and talking through things with people that I trust, I've found that my life goes in the direction of my strongest thoughts. That you're, you're, look at your thoughts as a train station. And, and the thoughts that you are thinking every day of every moment, your self-talk, all that stuff that goes on, it's like getting on a train. And, and do you like where your thoughts are taking you? Because I've had days in my life where I just, I didn't like it at all. I needed to get off the train, right? I needed to think a new thought. I needed to, I needed to get on a different train. I, I didn't like where my thoughts were taking me. And, and what I love about this is both science and the Bible confirm this. You know, science in the medical field tells us that the best decisions we make are the results of the best thoughts that we think. And I don't believe in the power of positive thinking. I'm not saying that, but science has proved that, that, that when we think and we elevate our minds, we elevate our lives. Science also tells us in the medical field that the worst decisions we'll make in our life are the results of our worst thinking, that we believe something that wasn't true. We bit into a lie. We, we, we gravitated towards something that was unhealthy, and we started ruminating on it and thinking on it and meditating on it, and it ended up coming out in, in our lives. And so what comes into my mind eventually comes into my life. Proverbs says it like this, Proverbs 27, as a man thinks in his heart, the thoughts in his mind, as a man thinks in his heart, Proverbs 23, verse 7, so is he. And so my, my thoughts are taking me somewhere, and they're important. And I'm not proud of some of the thoughts that, I, that come into my mind at times. And, and I'm sure if we sat down and, and talked through this, that there's things in your mind that get there, and you're like, how in the world did that happen? And, and so for a moment, I just want to take, take a little, little bit of time here and do inventory. Inventory. How do we find out what's, what's, what's in our heads, right? The same way we find out you know, how we find out what's in our homes or in our warehouse or whatever, we do an inventory. And, and we look through and we see what's there and we calculate it. And, and so I got a little a sheet in your paper there and I put kind of two, two, um, two markers on each end. And so when you, when you wake up in the morning on a scale of one to 10, how would you say your thought pattern is like? Worried would be a one and, and a, a worried mind would sound something like this. What's the worst thing that could happen today? 
I'm, you know, my, my, my tires are, are, are wearing out. I might have a blowout. I think I got water in my gas. My brakes were squeaking last week. I might just, my brakes just might fail on the way to work today. I don't, you know, like, like, like risk analysis. I did that for a little bit. I worked at Pepsi. Did I tell you all that? Okay. The last job I had was continuous improvement, and I got paid to walk around and write down what's the worst thing somebody could do in this warehouse. And somebody would do it. Like, 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 like if you hit this stack of Pepsi with a forklift, it's game over. And lo and behold, like, like, so, and, but we do this, a worried mind does risk analysis every morning as soon as you wake up. What's, what's something bad's good? I can just feel it in my bones, right? I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my future. I'm worried about my job. I'm, I, 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 I need to control I need to control this outcome. I, I've got to figure this out. I, me, I, me. A negative mind is, is I and me. I got to do this. I got to figure this out. I've got, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. Now, now, the other side would be, I would say, a peaceful mind. And what does a peaceful mind do when it wakes up? It says, goose fraba. No. No, it thinks, what, what good thing is going to happen today? Right? I mean, I'm sure some bad things are going to happen, but is there a good thing you're looking forward to? What's the best case scenario for today, right? I'm going to wake up and get to work. The boss is going to be happy. He's going to have a promotion waiting on me just, you know, to, like, like, like what, what is the best case scenario? Like a positive mind, a peaceful mind. You know, I'm going to do all that I can, and, and then I'm going to leave the rest up to God. A peaceful mind. I'm going to control what I can control. Here's my little circle. I'm going to control what I can control, and I'm going to give the rest over to God. Worried and peaceful. How about, how about this? You know, negative, positive. Get up, and as soon as we wake up, we see what's wrong. We put on breaking news. 24 hours a day, y'all, it's there. You could put, I mean, it's wherever you want to go, CNN, Fox, whichever side of the aisle you're on, they got some in the middle, but they all have breaking news, and it's not a firefighter getting a puppy out of a tree. It's bombs in Gaza Strip, and this is going on, and we got new weapons we're developing, and then we got, like, it's fear, 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 negative, negativity. And this is, I want to I challenge you if, 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 you know, over the next 10 days, if you've never fasted food, that's fine. I want to challenge you to fast the news. Fast, the, like, don't get on social media and just scroll. I know some of you, I know some people work on social media, and you got to get on there, do what you need to do, you know. Buy one, get one free, whatever it is you're doing. So, you know, whatever, you know, I'm, I, you know, and then get off. You're like, no way. So you're like, so all the Gen Zers are like, it ain't happening. Negative mind finds fault in everything. Sees only what it doesn't have. Man, I, I have a house, but oh, my neighbor's is bigger. Positive mind gets up and thinks like this. I believe, I'm just going to believe the best about people today. I know I work in, you know, with some critical people, but I'm just going to believe Johnny's in a good mood when he comes in today. Life is good. You know, all this is going to end with something good. I'm optimistic about the future. All right, here, here's, here's the last one. Do I wake up with a, with a worldly mindset? A worldly mindset. How can I get more for me today? I need the newest and the best. I need the iPhone 17 that has AI built in and can read your thoughts and so I got to go to home, you know, got to go home and work hard. I need, I need the new car, the new vert, the new 2024 is out. This 2023 is just not the same. The 2024 version has wings that can fly. 
you know, or whatever, or, you know, whatever, like worldly. It's just all about here and now. Possessions, getting more money, getting more wealth. Nothing wrong with that, but Jesus warned about it. So the more you get of that stuff, the more it tries to grow inside of your heart. The worldly mindset, I mean, what can I do today to be liked by people? I just really want people to like me. I really want people to accept me. Now, the other side of the spectrum, the eternal mindset. I know God's given me gifts, and I want to use them today. I know that my job right now may not be exactly what I wanted, but I can still use my gifts there. I can still smile. I can still add value to the people. Maybe I am here to be a blessing. Maybe, maybe today I'm going to go in and I'm not going to think about my needs today. I'm not going to think about what I need or what I need from this job, but I'm going to think about how I can help the people that I work with. You know, I, I know that this life is a vapor and it's here today and it's gone tomorrow and eternity is coming. <laughs> and, and so I'm going, to, I'm going to just try to think about that today, that no matter how bad today is, eternity just puts everything in perspective. No matter how good today is, it's not going to compare to Streets of Goals. It's not going to compare to seeing Grandma again. It's not going to, come on, somebody. You get to pick that. And unfortunately, I like to wake up, and if you want to write this down, on the left side, just put Eeyore, and on the right side, put Tigger. Every single mental like capacity of, that we can have, every, every social construct is it's represented in Winnie the Pooh. And Tigger got up every day, and he was a 10, y'all. It didn't matter what was going on. It's, that's my favorite thing to do, you know. And then Eeyore, literally, literally, <laughs> you got too close to Eeyore, you got rained on. A cloud followed this donkey around, and, and it could no matter what was going on in his life, he found something to be negative about. So let's try to be more Tigger, you know what I'm saying? Let's try to wake up with a good attitude. How we start our day is usually how the day goes. I know for me. And so I've, I've gotten away from, from having, you know, I, 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 I have to put my phone to bed, y'all, like I do with my child now. I do it. I put it to bed. I put it in another room. I got a devotion or something next to my bed. The first thing I do now is not wake up and check email and breaking news. Life's too short. There's always going to be a crisis. We've never, in the history of civilization, we've never lived with the burden of all of humanity in our pockets every day. And I don't know what it's doing to us mentally. I, don't, I know what it does to me, and I just can't carry that around. And, and, and so I, I have to make a decision. I got to say, okay, I, I'm shutting this thing down. I, I want to start the day with God. I want to start the day with something positive, thinking eternal, thinking, okay, this is going to be a good day. Why? Because I have a heavenly father who loves me, cares about me. Something good's going to happen today. A lot of bad might, but something good, right? Something good. And I like what Paul says here. He uses this term stronghold. He says there's a minefield in our minds. And if we're not careful, it can cause damage. He says, but don't worry, we have these tools. We have weapons. They're not like the weapons of the world. But the first thing that he, we have to do, and I think that Paul is teaching us here, is we have to look at our life and really study our thoughts. How do you talk to yourself? Honestly. Because I found people that, that really talk negatively to others or really mean to other people, it's usually the way they talk to themselves. 
And they're critical of others because they're really hard on themselves. And they put down others because they constantly put down themselves. And it's just the way that they talk to themselves. And maybe that's the way mom and dad talk to them. I don't know. Or maybe that's, that's just what they were grew up with. And, and so these, these strongholds, see, the enemy is slick. And he, he doesn't have any new tricks. He works in the business of lies. Jesus called him the father of lies. He has a whole warehouse, and he manufactures lies. That's what he does. And, and what he tries to do is he tries to just get us to bite and believe these lies about ourselves and about the world and about others. And brick by brick, just one lie at a time, he builds these strongholds. And it's really hard to identify them because they're invisible, right? Paul said they're in our minds. But they have the same capacity to hold us prisoner just like a, like, like jail cell, like a jail cell, like bars and, and bricks, and so I think the, the first step, and, and I'm not asking you to identify a hundred lies, is, is, what is what is the one lie? Well, I have to identify the stronghold that's in my life, that, that the devil is using the most. Jesus said this in John 8, that when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. That's, he has a whole language, and it's the language of lies. And he's a liar, and he's the father of lies. And so when the enemy is speaking, you know it's a lie. And so what are some symptoms of strongholds? Because it's hard to see them in our own self. And I wrote down a couple things. I didn't put them in your notes. But I think the number one is stronghold steals your focus. It steals your focus. Everything revolves around it. I can't do this. I can't do that. I, 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 I've disqualified myself because of this, whatever this may be. It steals my focus it steals my drive. It, a stronghold, when, a, when we really have one in our minds that the enemy has set up, it controls us. It causes us to feel controlled. Well, I would do that, but I have this past. Or I would do that, but somebody told me that I couldn't. I, I, would, I would go to church, but if I went to church, I've heard this so many times, if I went to church, the roof would fall in. You know what I'm saying? It's like, join the club, y'all. Like, like no, we, none of us deserve to be here, right? It's, it's all grace. But, but, but the enemy uses lies to control people and, and keep us out of our destiny. What's another symptom? It consumes our emotional energy. It just over and over and over. I can't stop thinking this. I can't stop, like, it, it's like a broken record in our heads. It controls our emotional energy. It distracts us from our purpose, the enemy will always put lies, minefields of lies, around where you're supposed to go. He likes to discourage. He likes to intimidate. He likes to get us to believe. Because he, he can't really tie our hands and feet up, but if he can get us to believe that it's not possible, or if he can get us to believe that it's just not possible for me, I'm never going to find a good wife. I'm never going to find a good husband. I'm never going to find the right church. I'm never going to find the right job. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to feel like this. I'm always going to be poor. My mom and dad were poor. And the grandpa and grandma were poor. We went down to church's chicken, and we licked other people's fingers. That's how poor we were, you know? But I, 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 I was so poor in school, I couldn't even pay attention. I mean, I was just, and this house always going to be, you know, like, like if he can get you to believe that, guess what? That's what you'll walk in every day. It's, it's stinking thinking in the enemy. It's, it's, it's where he does his best work. And I love that Paul talks about it. And I love that he talks about how it's that these thoughts, that we have to take them captive. 
He says, don't talk to them. Don't sit down and, and have a, um, a conversation with them. We're, this is not a diplomatic thing here. We're, 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 not, we're not having a, uh, you know, uh, 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 he says, you got to take it. You got to identify it, right? Because you can't, you can't defeat what you can't define. You got to define, you got to, you know, I know, I know, I know where my struggles are. I know where they are. And, and it's hard to, to defeat something you can't define. And, and so if you don't know where the enemy's working on your life, maybe ask somebody close to you or share what you're thinking with someone else. So, someone should always know what's going on up here. Somebody should always know what you're, what you're thinking because that's, you know, again, that's the enemy's, that's where he likes to do his best work. But, but a, he says, take captive every thought. He, he talks about it like it's a, almost like it's an insurgent or something, like it's a, a, a terrorist thought that gets in your mind. Has that ever happened to you? Something just drops in your mind and you're like, where did that come from? And that's how the enemy works. And, and you know, I, I can't say that I've ever went toe-to-toe with a terrorist and there are men and women who have, but I've watched all nine seasons of 24. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that show with, with Jack Bauer? Have you, has anybody seen that show? It's okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. And, 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 and every single season, he's, he's, he's catching somebody, every show, actually. He catches them, and he gets them in an interrogation room. Does, you know what I'm talking about? And there's one question that he asks every single time when he catches somebody at the White House or somebody, you know, somebody is, there's an insurgent that's, that's made its way behind into, into te- you know, your territory and they have uh, ill intentions. And he sits them down and there's one question he asks every single one. Who sent you? Who do you work for? What's your, what's your purpose here? And maybe you don't dialogue in your mind like that, and maybe you don't have these crazy thoughts that hit you, but if you do, and you start ruminating on it, and you start thinking about it over and over, and it starts to look like something you may do, one question that's helped me is, was this thought sent from God? Did this originate in the Word of God? Can I find this anywhere in the Bible? Whatever this thought is, that, 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 that whatever it is, like, who, who sent you? Because, again, Paul, the ultimate thought warrior, he, he, he talks about, he uses this weapon imagery, and he says, the enemy, he's got this bow and arrow and these darts, and he, it's, it's, he shoots these thoughts at us to try to get us, if he can just get one to stick. And, I, again, I've you know, never, never went toe-to-toe with a terrorist, but I've had some things in my mind that I know didn't originate with me. Who sent you? What's your purpose? What are you doing here? And so Paul, he gives us some encouragement. He says, this is, this is what we're to do as Christians. This is what we're to do as human beings. When, when the enemy starts talking to us and we start believing things about ourselves and about other people, he says, you've got to take captive every thought, take it captive, and bring it into obedience to Christ. Okay, that sounds great, but how, how do we practically do that? I have this uh, dog. He's a German wire hair pointer. He's like a 70-pound hunting machine, okay? This is a, I love this dog. I've never had a dog this smart in my life. I had to replace all the handles in our house. He, like, figured out how to open doors and stuff. 
really smart dog, and 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 so we, we fenced in our backyard because he has he has to have a job. He's like a farm dog. He's got he's got to have a job every day, and we put him in the backyard, and he runs these paths over and over and over. He runs these paths, and and now if you go in my in our backyard, we we he's you can see these paths that are just completely where he's been running hundreds and hundreds of times. He's just circling, looking for birds, looking for birds, looking for a neighbor dog that's brave enough to come to the fence. I mean, he, like, like, and, and he runs these paths and he runs these paths until it's like embedded down in the ground. And I think what the enemy tries to do in psychology calls it ruminating is that if you can get this thought in your mind, it's not really when the thought hits you, because you can pick whether you're going to believe it or not. It's when it runs in your mind over and over and over. Just like my dog Bunker, who just over and over, he just runs and he, he gets this path wore out. And, 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 when, and when Paul says, take captive every thought, he's saying, what's been running around in your head? This isn't like a new thing. This has been going on a while. And he says, I want you to take it, identify it, and then I want you to replace that lie, whatever that is, with the truth, with God's truth. Jesus said it like this, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you. And it's, I think it's that simple. It's taking that record off. I'm going to think a new thought. Whenever I feel insecure and whenever I feel like I'm not good enough to do this, which is pretty regularly, because a good lie has a little bit of truth in it. You know what I'm saying? I'll agree with it. You know, I'm not good enough to do this. But through God, I can do all things. <laughs> right? You're not strong enough to defeat this. Whatever it is that you're, you're not strong enough to defeat this. This is going to take you out. And, you know, there's a little bit of truth in some of those lies. But then you can just say, you know, you're right. But my God is strong enough. It's, it's replacing lies with God's truth and then playing that record. And, and, and that's why we fast. That's why we do these 10 days of fasting and prayer. That's why I want to encourage you, if you don't want to give up food or you can't do that for dietary reasons, get rid of that phone. Get rid of whatever is coming into your mind and trying to sow things that just aren't true trying to put lies in there, trying to cause uh, division and strife and all this stuff. It's like, no, I'm going to put that aside. I'm going to quiet that down, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to amplify the voice of God in my life over the next. I want to just challenge you just for 10 days, just 10 days. Replace the lie with God's truth. Again, the ultimate thought warrior, Paul the Apostle, he's tied up in a prison. And he writes this in Ephesians. Okay, so he's in a literal prison. And he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. In all circumstances, he starts talking about the, this different armor, the shield of faith, so you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. Every piece of, of, of clothing here is defensive, but this one. He says, take the sword of the Spirit. Somebody say the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray. I know it seems so practical and it seems too easy, but I just want to challenge you to try it. And if you don't struggle with things like in your mind, and that's okay, 
like the, the, I know this isn't for everybody, but if you've ever struggled with self-doubt or insecurities or you believe things about yourself that maybe somebody spoke over you that's just not true, it's amazing what the Word of God does to us. It shows us who we really are. It, it's a mirror. It shows us who God has really called us to be. And then sometimes we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. But when we look in this mirror, it shows us who we're meant to be. So I still want you to just bow your head. And this morning we're going to pray together. I'm going to ask the prayer team, elders, if you'll come down front. So, Father, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us, Lord, tools. You've given us tools that when we struggle with thoughts and we struggle with insecurities and we struggle with things that the enemy may throw our way, we're so glad that we have the victory in you today. And so, Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here that struggles with that, if I pray that you would bring a trustworthy person into their life that they can talk to. Or maybe, God, lead them to a, a good pastor, a Christian counselor, somebody in their life that they can let them know what they're thinking. And Lord, over the next 10 days as a church, as we, as we seek you, Lord, we just are believing for miracles. God, we're believing for strongholds to come down in the minds of your people, Lord. We're believing for victory in areas of our life that maybe we've walked in defeat for a long time. You've given us a promise in your word. You said that you have given us the victory. Everywhere we step, you said that you would give it to us. And so, Lord, we just invite you right now. We open up our minds and our souls, and we ask for the, the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. Lord, search our heart. Search our thoughts as David prayed. Lord, if there's anything in there that's a stronghold, if there's anything in there that we've been thinking and believing that's not true, Holy Spirit, show it to us. 